welcome to the Empowered Women Rise podcast with me, your host, Lucy Bennett. I'm so excited because today is a very special episode of Empowered Women Rise. This is the first episode that you'll hear in season two. Season two is going to be amazing. It's going to be so special. We'll be diving deep, getting juicy and so alive with the most amazing list of women who will be sharing their personal journeys with us. They'll talk about how they have connected with their spirituality to create success on their terms. Today, the amazing Charlotte Barman is interviewing me. Together, we're going to be bringing you this episode as a conversation between two powerful women who have gone through big shifts in our life and still are surrendering to the experience. We talk about life events and experiences that drove us onto our paths. And I share my own empowering healing journey of taking my life from a desperately depressed 30-year-old, 37K in debt, to creating a six-figure business and a life that I love. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy this story today. Welcome turned on Superwoman and everyone empowered within Lucy's community as well. I am so excited to welcome you to this sacred space between Lucy Bennett and myself. And we're actually going to be doing this conversation as a co-hosted podcast episode where we're going to be kind of interviewing one another for each other's businesses and our purpose and us as women, which is so exciting. But if I start with saying that I'm sitting here with Lucy Bennett, who is an empowered success coach for women. And I have known her now for just over a year, and she's doing so many incredible things. And I have seen over this last year how much also she has changed and shifted her impact in this world of women over 35. It is powerful AF. And Lucy, welcome to this space. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here because we've been talking about doing this for so long. Here we are. So Lucy actually interviewed me for her, her podcast um, and community, I think just over a year ago now, maybe a year yeah. ago. And that was like our first introduction to one another. And at that time, I was like kind of fresh in the world of the work that I am doing. So I feel like there's been a lot of things happening for me too. So this is a super exciting conversation for um, both of us, I'm sure. Yeah, completely. I think we've both seen a massive transformation in the last 12 months. Although we've been on our journey for a really long time, it's almost like we, we're really reaching that pinnacle of evolution and really feeling into our purpose and starting to live it out. And one of the things that I don't know if you've noticed is that when we decide to pivot, doesn't it take a long time? It takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while. I feel like it's kind of like, um, a working progress for a long time before it even becomes a conscious decision and then yeah. it just starts unfolding absolutely and there's so much surrender and trust mm. that needs to go into it mm. isn't there it's yeah it's really a journey of opening up and I've had people say to me you know if something hasn't worked are you gonna are you gonna bin that are you gonna keep going with it like what's the next thing now like it's almost like people around me who know me well they want to push me forward and I'm just like it's okay. It's going to work out when it works out and the evolution is happening in, in its own time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think is really empower, empowering also for the work of both of us is because we're, we're welcoming in that feminine energy of surrender. And one of the questions I actually want to bring in to you today is that what does actually surrendering mean? Ah, oh, it really means trust, trusting 
Mm. Trusting in myself, trusting in the universe, trusting in the higher power that there is, just knowing that it will all work out as it's planned and as it should be. And earlier on, I was sharing with you that I'm a three, six in human design, which means that my evolution takes a long time. I don't find my purpose in life until I'm 50, apparently, which is <laughs> three years and three days away. So <laughs> still a little bit of a way to go. I'm going to be retiring by the time I find my purpose, but I am getting there, but it's definitely trusting and allowing the space to evolve mm. not forcing anything mm -hmm. yeah yeah for me that's definitely a keyword like not forcing for me i would say if i can if i can be a little bit crude i would definitely say it's like chilling the f out because for me i'm a very high intensity woman i have been for all my life and that's kind of been part of my identity and also then having taken that on is also what I have been forcing myself to project almost. So it's only in the last few years that I've allowed myself that word of surrender to seep into my body and to be in that space of trust, to be in that place of flow almost. So it's a huge shift in that sense as well. But I feel Lucy that we kind of got away from ourselves a little bit. Can I take you back a little bit and bring it to you? I would love for my community who don't know you yet um, to get to know you a little bit better. So if you can let them know who Lucy is, what you do in your work and how you support women in the work that you're doing today. So I'm 47 year old English woman living in the south of Spain. So eight years ago, I gave up my London nine to five life and moved out to Spain, created a successful wedding business. And then four years into that business, started to coach. So through the last four years since then, I've been um, evolving the coaching um educating myself further so now I'm an empowered success coach and I use hypnotherapy past life therapy and coaching to help my clients who are usually for 35 plus to completely transform their lives step into their purpose and bring to life all of their dreams and desires Mm, that is beautiful and I know that when you and I met actually where you were quite high into um the business of wedding Planet, yeah right absolutely um, so it's such a huge shift as well to see you now inspiring all these women in this way that you're doing within your coaching side so you're working with women like myself as you would you know enhancing their own lives but also their businesses is that correct absolutely that is the thing like through my own evolution I have realized that it doesn't matter what you do in your business and your marketing you might have it all you might for example I spent thousands and thousands on these marketing courses on passive income courses I know how to do everything but until you are healed until your inner self is in the right place Success cannot happen when it's within your purpose. Now, I caveated that with when it's within your purpose. The reason I say that is I created a six-figure business within 18 months of living here in Spain. But because it wasn't attached to my purpose, it was attached to uh, a desire to create a, a business that could survive here. Mm. It seemed to work really easily. <laughs> And then when it came to working within my purpose, like guiding and helping women in the world to have better lives, I struggled. I just couldn't bring it to life. It was, I don't know why. I think it was because it's so attached and connected to my own self-confidence and who I am that I had to release a whole load of old patterns, beliefs, behaviors, traumas from the past to be able to step into uh, being more energetically aligned you know so that I could magnetize the women that I want to work with 
Yeah. Yeah, because you speak really openly as well about, about the journey that you've been on and, and how it's shifted. And we can, as witnesses, we can also see that change. And it's incredible. Like you've always been a very powerful, beautiful woman, like showing up and like just being present with your community. And it's so beautiful to, to witness and to be a part of. But even in this last year and a half, there's been so many shifts that we can feel when you show up, even if, I don't know, do you recognize that change as well? Do you feel oh, it? Yeah. yeah, massively. I think I used to show up but there wasn't a true confidence inside and I'm still working on that like still working on it you know being more relaxed in front of the camera I'm good when I'm in a conversation I find that quite easy but when it's just me alone but yeah it's it's such a growth journey and that growth I think one of the things that I would love women to understand is that you can't expect it to happen overnight although for example the work that I do is very quick and you I know you work in methods that are very quick as well I can literally see my women transforming their lives within days of doing the first session it's outstanding but you're peeling back a layer at that point and with every stage of growth there's another layer to peel back and everyday interactions and experiences with people bring up a new issue and we call them growth edges they're opportunities for us to expand and grow and learn into it so if I have a problem for example I've been having issues the last couple of weeks myself with boundaries I've been allowing myself to work like 11 hour days again and I'm like I went over you wouldn't believe I went over on a client call last week by one hour and a half that's double like literally I was on the call for three hours it's like Lucy shame on you where are your boundaries where is your your idea idea of self like care and looking after yourself I ended up not having lunch so I was like oh my god I'm going back to the way I used to be I need to go into this and learn into it and grow from it so I literally spent three days journaling <laughs> perfect that's perfect well I love that and this is the thing as well with women like us and I think anyone who's really within this business like we're coming here to serve we want to support we want to be a catalyst for change in some way and like be a vessel for other women to be inspired and also to like see themselves in the way that we we kind of perceive them also so it is so easy to overextend and to like really want them to be in that space so as you say no boundaries is a huge thing and and even for me like what you just said there I'm like yeah okay I'm guilty of that too but I'm kind of recognized as well like when it's appropriate for me to be guilty of that and when it, it isn't so yeah. I feel like I'm in a place right now where you know, it, it kind of varies as we talked about just before this call, I'm, I'm a generator. So um, what, what you told me that means is that I have a lot of energy and then I have no energy and I need to kind of preserve my energy levels. And I recognize that some weeks I'm like, yeah, I can overextend, I can give so much. And then next week I'm like, I could not go over by a minute because I have nothing more to give and I feel really overwhelmed. So it is very interesting. And I think boundaries is such a huge thing that we as women have to learn, like with doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's with family, with work, with your own self, with your sleeping, like whatever it is, we need to have those boundaries to protect what we desire and what we need to have in our lives. Yeah, definitely. It's, I think it is, it's the basis for our health and well-being, and also our transformations. And you know, whilst I'm over delivering that much to my clients, I'm not really setting a very good a good example to them either. And that, but that level of self-awareness is that's what's so awesome. You know, the fact that you can actually say to yourself, "Yeah, I see that I'm I'm creating some shit here for me, and I need to get over. I need to work out how to get through this and over it." You know, but these challenges when they come up now it's like excellent 
another opportunity to grow and expand. I know. What am I going to get out of this one? Oh it is so exciting. Like the more, like the more you do with these things, like the more you look at your shit and your shadows and your breaking of your own boundaries and all of that, it's just so exciting nowadays. I feel because you just like you know that you can handle it. That's one thing. You have no idea what's coming, but you know you can hack it because you've done it time and time and time again. And also, just like circling back something you said before, like all of these experiences um, of growth of hardship of transformation they're all building blocks so we had a conversation within my community the other day actually there was a girl we had a workshop and she was like oh my god like I just really took in now the information what we spoke about like a week and a half ago and I just like completely understood in a different way and it's brought me to this point with this new thing that's completely unrelated in her world at the time and she's like shit that's incredible and that's really what it all is it's building blocks like bringing them all together and every single bit that you will do it doesn't really matter what it is it's all going to be a memory within your body that you can then build upon yeah absolutely mm. and it's so powerful it's so powerful yeah and it's so exciting oh gosh I love that we have women like you as well doing this work because you're so screwed on and you're so like welcoming and so loving and so vibrant it's so wonderful to be a part of your community which I am so I love that too um you were talking about healing just before like you've been healing a lot as well so can I ask for you to elaborate a little bit more about what that healing journey has looked like for you yeah so I have uh, an interesting history in life um coming from a broken home like dad left when I was three and then mum was very young and she was actually um very damaged person herself she'd gone through terrible trauma as a child that had never been dealt with or healed so she had three kids by herself you know like trying to cope then she got cancer <laughs> and died within like 48 hours it oh. when I was 24 so it was all a bit of a trauma but instead of do it dealing with it back then I packed it away in a little box carried on with my life and life looked a little bit like a train wreck for the next 10 11 years and then when I met my current partner I just realized that my life was a complete mess and I needed to start doing something about it so I worked with my first coach who did some NLP healing with me and also gave me some financial advice and helped me get out of 37,000 pounds worth of debt. Amazing. <laughs> so that was really when my healing journey started or my journey of self-awareness. Mm. But through the busyness of my business and moving to Spain and um, creating this new life that I have here, I kind of forgot about me a little bit. I mean, the whole thing of coming to Spain was focusing on me. So yes, I had more freedom. I work when I want. I go to the beach when I want. You know, I take six weeks off every single year, every December to relax. I love that part of my life. But I still got lost within the business. Mm. And part of that is that my own addiction is workaholism, like wanting to work. And it's the situation where I can come into my office and all of the problems in the world just dissolve away because I'm here working and I love it so much. And it just, but I could be here for 12 hours and I could be here on a Saturday so, and I'm not a generator. So it doesn't suit, doesn't suit my energy type. So the, the most recent healing journey that I had and the most profound journey for me came when I had a crisis just at the end of the first COVID lockdown. My dog ate half of a flip-flop 
and ended up getting poisoned and died. But what, yeah, it was awful. It was awful. I just launched my first group program literally the day that he died. But it was awful. It was like the worst thing. And I love this dog so much. He was six years old. It was terrible. But what it gave me was a gift. It cracked me wide open. Literally a lifetime, like 45 years of pain, trauma, negative experiences, multiple losses of parents, grandparents, all came to a head. I like literally would be in my garden in the <laughs> next to the dog's grave every night crying my eyes out until somebody who had taken on my group program said to me, I can help you. And she was a grief counselor. Mm. It was like this woman was an angel that came into my group program literally two days before the dog died. I mean, the dog was just, he was sick for four days. So literally there. And then she was there to help me, but we didn't want to start until my program had finished because of, you know, just professionality point of view. So she took me through this transformational healing process called the grief recovery program. Mm. And I did grief recovery on every member of my family, my mum and the dog. <laughs> wow. And I started in August. I finished in December and it was a, a roller coaster. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of tears, but it was also the most like enlightening experience of my life. Um, I kind of teamed it up with <laughs> starting to work with a coach um, on hypnotherapy and the hypnotherapy was also healing your past. So I decided one wasn't enough I needed to double it up so I literally had weeks of like consistent crying every day like completely on the floor but I also had moments of complete and utter inner peace that feeling of wholeness starting to feel self-love for the first time in my life because Shortly, well, before Walter had got sick, my little puppy, I'd started reading the Joe Dispenser book, How to Change a Habit of Being Yourself. And I was literally that angry at myself. I was like, I have to change. I have to be different. I can't go on like this anymore. And I found some journaling notes from about three or four months before I started the Joe Dispenser book. And it was literally two years ago, exactly, I started the book. Found some journaling notes and it was like, you cannot go on like this anymore. So before the dog died, I was already at breaking point. I was already at the point where I could not continue my life being this insecure, hating myself this much, feeling suicidal in moments where everything was falling apart. You know, it was so, so much and too much. And hearing just a little bit of my story you can understand why I felt so desperate when I felt unhappy you know it was so deep so it was really the grief recovery that started me on the journey and then it was hypnotherapy that really has helped me heal but combined with daily practice combined with committed daily practice to myself thank you so much for sharing that Big share. <laughs> Big share and such a beautiful share. It's so incredible because like just knowing you today, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect. It's like we can't really fathom that someone's gone through so much like trauma and hardship and 
really a real life shadow like it's it's so profound yeah. really so many shadows so yeah yeah wow so what do you think i mean just just to understand a little bit more if you're okay to share so you were saying um you were you said that you felt like you were hating yourself like what what did where did that stem from like you didn't feel self-love what do you know where that stemmed from oh completely completely i yeah when my dad left when i was like two it was just for me as a little girl it was really the end of my my kind of self-love existence you know i just i wanted a daddy so bad mm. ironically i live near him now in spain and have done for the last eight years but and he's he's better than he used to be but i i literally spent my whole life wanting to have a dad and never never really did have and still he's just a friend really now but yeah that was really the start of it for me i, I remember being two years old i remember mum and dad having a fight dad walking out and for me that was the start i just from that moment onwards i became insecure i didn't I didn't feel, I, I, I would tell, I would hold myself responsible for everything that went wrong, you know, mm. for all of the bad things that happened to us as kids. I would hold myself responsible for the pain of my siblings, for, for the issues that we experienced. Literally, I took on everybody else's problems from that age. Wow, what a burden. Yeah, yeah, what a silly girl. <laughs> Not a silly girl, but I just feel, you know, there's so much love and compassion we can feel for little Lucy, bless her heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think part of it actually, Charlotta, was part of the fact was that because I do feel so much love and compassion for other people, like I have so much empathy and I can really feel into how other people are feeling and I can live it, you know, I can feel it, live it. Like if somebody walks into a room and, and they feel, um, you know, they're, anxious or angry I can feel it within seconds even if I'm not near them and I think that's part of why I suffered so much as a kid because I would take on all of that because of being so empathetic and having so much love to share and then in a way not really having anyone to share it with you know mm. thank you for sharing that Oof. <laughs> that's really beautiful I'm just like really bathing in that because that's such a beautiful story to share and I feel like for other people just to hear that as well and just to see you just like visually see you and hear you um, and how you are today is such a huge testament to what we can do and what we can take control over and just really choose to change trajectory of our lives it's so so powerful I think so too. And if women have the opportunity to do it younger, earlier, yeah. then just do it. You know, if you're 20 and you've got this opportunity, you've got this invitation, then just do it. You know, it's like, if I could have done it when I was 20, I would have loved to have done, but it just wasn't on the radar for me, you know? Same. It's, it only came on my radar just as I turned 30, I think. And like in this, in this way that I'm, I'm now obviously, I've obviously developed since then, but I also wish I really wish and we can't wish for something that hasn't happened necessarily and that's not really the healthiest way to be but there are parts of me that like I really wish I would have gotten gotten all of this before and I would have found the people that I have found since then you know like there would have been big big shifts and who knows kind of where we would be right now but I know that's not how we want to think and that's not actually how I'm thinking but it's interesting because yeah I'm 35 turning 36 and who knows what things would have been different before and all the shit I wouldn't have had to go into when I was in my absolutely. 20s. Yeah. Absolutely. But part of it is, and this is the sometimes the hardest thing for us to deal with, is that this is our path. Yeah. That was our journey. Yeah. That was our life experience that we chose. We 
chose that we chose this body we chose our parents we chose the situation i was actually running through a client's um notes yesterday from past life therapy and she was um watching her grandparents when in the 1930s and it made me think after writing up my notes on the session it made me think hold on maybe we even choose our grandparents maybe we're even to that point you know that we choose our grandparents i know we choose our parents because many clients have gone there they've told me that's the experience they're happening having they are not in a human body yet but they're choosing their parents but perhaps we choose our grandparents too perhaps this is we truly do choose this lineage this ancestral line of people because between them they have traumas experiences that we're going to learn from yeah yeah and also on a cellular level i've i've read in my studies as well um that let me see let me get this right <laughs> so the cells of me are already developed in my grandmother's body is that right Am yes I that absolutely so in that sense, I mean, even on a physical plane, like we are connected, we are interlinked. So the any trauma that my grandmother would have experienced, my cells, my DNA would pick up already at that stage, even if I'm not even thought of. So, Absolutely. yeah. So just like also wanted to to put into that, like there is a lot of gratitude um, for the journeys that we're having. And I do find myself like when I'm thinking that way, I just mentioned like sometimes you're like, why? Why didn't I just? start doing this sooner like why didn't I find sensuality and empowerment and sisterhood and connection and all of these beautiful things that I have now earlier and in my 20s I also have to remind myself that if I had maybe I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now because it is through all of those pains through all of those what I would call um misleading decisions maybe that actually were the right path to get me to this position where I can have the empathy and the compassion and the understanding for other women on a similar journey and on a similar path and also to have gained that strength and also understand that I can get through it and I can work like be reborn through it kind of thing so absolutely yeah, yeah. can I ask you a question now of course, of course please <laughs> to myself wide open here so what about you where did your spiritual journey what was the kind of trigger for you to start along this path of sensuality and and really cracking yourself wide open and exploration of who you can be mm, thank you for asking it's I feel like every time I ask that question it's a, a different answer because I feel like it's so multifaceted in some way but I think like what comes to me right now and something I've been really journaling on recently is I've had a lot of suppression which is very interesting because my family is like the most liberated, like sexually free and liberated. And I mean, they're very like normal in the way that, uh, that the family is set up. But um, my dad is a painter. So is my mom nowadays. And all of the paintings he's ever made is of nude women. A lot of time it's my mother. So like growing up, I was in a home with these beautiful oil paint paintings of nude women and all of them were my mother. So I would have friends over and they're like, oh, you know, like really kind of like, why, why is there naked women on your wall? I'm like, oh, it's my mom um so I mean in that sense I I don't feel I don't really know why I would have that suppression but I think growing up what happened and what I I kind of started absorbing the societal norms of like how we should be behaving and like what what is the right path and the narrative almost like of what is around you and it's still like I'm still kind of a little bit combobulated because I'm looking at all of this like I was always I always felt like I was aligned to what I wanted 
I had the boyfriends I wanted to have, I had sex with the boys I wanted to have sex with, I had the experience I wanted to have. I traveled from the age of 19, actually from the age of 14 on my own, but like fully since I was 19. And I've really lived my life in the way that I thought that I was supposed to kind of thing, but still in some way, I, I kind of brought on this narrative that I shouldn't be expressive, I shouldn't be sensual, I shouldn't be sexual, and that there was some shame attached to all of these things. And I feel like it may come, like if I'm start, like looking at my surroundings, like, yes, probably there was some commentary around, oh, you're so liberated, or guys that would be like, oh, you're so sexually free, and not necessarily meaning that it's something bad, but it's kind of, I've kind of assumed that it is. Because yeah, like so social story and um I mean since then through my development I've also chosen to be in very toxic relationships which have not done my mental health very well very good and I have been in a position where I in specifically within one relationship I completely and utterly lost myself and I've had to over the last few years especially since starting on this journey myself of bringing this work out like through me actually coming into the work um I've done a lot of healing also from that. And it's only in the last two or three years that I recognized that that relationship that I chose to be in was actually a choice of mine. And I, I've been placing blame on this one person for such a long period of time, especially throughout the whole relationship and for a couple of years afterwards as well. And just feeling really angry about his behavior and the way he, he treated me and just the narcissistic streaks as I call them for such a long time. And then I realized actually I invited all of these things and I goaded him, I goaded his fire. I goaded him to be this in this particular way because I didn't have like a safe container in myself to be expressed in the way I wanted. So I kind of flipped it in a very horrible way. So who is the narcissist? You know, let, let, I don't know if we need to answer that question but it is really interesting. So it's been really like a huge mirror towards myself as well of how I show up. like. You know, I've always said that I live life in the way I want to do, and I have, but not necessarily in the most truthful way to myself still. Yeah. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a huge journey and it's really in the last few years, I've really come into a space of sexual liberation as well, um, in, in a more profound spiritual way. Um, so going back into my twenties, like I thought I was sexually liberated, but that meant sleeping around maybe which yeah. is not the case for me <laughs> anymore. Now it's more about empowerment and claiming back your power within that sensuality, isn't it? And yeah, it is it really, really is. holding your strength and the boundaries and the choice of the choice that you make to share your body when you choose. Yeah. Yeah. And really coming from a place of, what should I say? Like a place of, deep inner personal satisfaction and deep connection because yeah. I feel like a lot of the time within sexuality and sensuality and any kind of expression that falls within these realms it can be very performative and I know that that's probably what my story has been actually um that's probably well that is true it is it has been a performance a lot of the time for myself for others um and to show up and it has felt great I'm not saying that it has been amazing to share that kind of exuberance with the world but at the same time there was like um like a block and I didn't really it, it went from out from from here and out whereas yeah. I feel like it goes from a deeper side and inwards if that makes sense so it's a completely different expression of the same thing yeah well perhaps it was coming from the ego whereas this new journey and this exploration this inner exploration is coming from the soul 
Yeah, true. Yeah, because that makes- it was external gratification and satisfaction that you were seeking. You wanted validation because you that was what you craved as a young girl. That's what we all crave as a young girl. We want validation of who we are and recognition. And we want people to see us and love us and recognize us and like us. So we perform, like you say, we perform to, to like, you know, I think part of society encourages us to be like that as girls. Like you have to perform to make this man happy. You have to perform to make this man love you, to be the right kind of woman in a relationship, you know? Yeah. And part of that as well, I think, is that is the competition that I would have experienced in my throughout my 20s, especially towards other women. Like there was always like a competing element of who is going to get the attention, who is going to win the boy, who is going to who's going to keep his attention kind of thing. And even in my relationships, and this is also why I've done a lot of healing around my specific relationship now once it's over, because there was a lot of competition that I perceived because I felt like I couldn't keep his attention for so long, you know. Yeah. So like there's been a lot of that as well. And I mean, I still recognize just talking about it now and I'm, I'm in a really deep healing journey currently since like three weeks ago, I'm doing a coaching program and it's fucking like, it's insane how deep it goes. I, this is what we're talking about building blocks. Like I felt like I had healed and I was like free, you know, it's free. I'm flowing. This is great. I feel connected. And then you're kind of ready for more. And then you're like down in the shade again and you're like down in the dirt, you know, and that's kind of where I am right now. So I'm recognizing like, even if I've done a lot of healing, there is so much more unfolding right now, like actually presently, like in this present moment of my life. And it is exhausting, but it's so freaking exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm recognizing yeah. my whole body is like vibrating, just talking about this. And I don't really know if I, if I know what I'm saying, but it is um, really like a huge, huge process. And I feel like we're maybe never even really done with it. I feel, as we just mentioned before, like if you, when you get to like a level of healing and transformation and expansion, you're then ready for more. So then when you're willing again, you can go deeper and it, it doesn't even come off like, off like a choice is you kind of just thrown into it. And that's kind of where I feel like I am like, yes, I have actively chosen to do this work that I'm doing right now. I've paid for the, I paid for the transformation, like the course and the, you know, all of that. Um, so it's definitely an active choice, but I didn't see it being so deep so fast. <laughs> it, it sounds amazing. What is it that you're doing? It is amazing. So I'm actually doing, um, do you know, Vita, the Vita um, coaching um, one-year program so it's like the the tantric approach to love sex and relationships oh nice so one-year coaching accreditation but the first four months of the training is all about me and my my myself um evolution and my expansion and my deep connection to myself so there's a lot of stuff that's like kind of coming up right now and I was doing um it's interesting because I was doing this work last week on myself and like just kind of going into these like modalities and these different meditations and the tools and I'm having memories come up that I didn't remember and I didn't actually know that they were mine and then I'm like oh my god and now I, f- I remember them so clearly I actually remember like days and times and what I was wearing and all these things and these are like mini traumas that have happened throughout my especially throughout my 20s especially throughout my my wilder years that I've not looked at in that way and now they're coming up and coming crashing into my face and into my reality so Whew. yeah wow that must be really expansive yeah. and challenging <laughs> at the same time but wow I think it completely shows as well like we were saying that this journey this journey never really ends because I think that you, you peel back the layers then something else comes out you peel back the layers again but it's I through the hypnotherapy healing that I was doing it was a six-month program and I'd got to the point where I'd done my 
I felt like I'd done my childhood kind of thing, you know, sort of like the um, like 12 and under. And then it was starting to come into teenage moments. So then it was teenage moments coming up, you know? So it's like, okay, right through the next process. But I know there's definitely some 20 year, in the 20 year range to do. And one of the things that, um, you know, there's a lot of competitiveness in the coaching world and, and people say catty things, don't they? they? They do these posts that they think are really clever, but they're just really catty. Mm-hmm. And they say things like, um, you know, like if you're not healed, you shouldn't help people heal and, you know, this kind yeah. of stuff. And I mean, I, I agree if you are really, really broken and troubled, but if you're on a healing journey, then I think that it is your service to humankind to help other people heal and to show them your path because no one is truly fully healed really done. Mm. and it, for people to claim that they are I think is false mm. a false reality through 18 months of healing work I think it's a false reality um unless you are the Dalai Lama like mm. you know the enlightened one that's my opinion yeah no I agree with you actually and that's why I love brought this into the conversation because I I mean within within my community I do a lot of live sessions and of of course like one-on-one coaching and there is no part of me that feels like I should stop right now because I'm doing this healing journey as a matter of fact I feel freaking powerful I feel even more fierce during these sessions because I am living it like I am currently even living it and also this is the thing what I think is really important like one of my business coaches she was saying to me already two years ago because I was like oh do I know enough like do I have enough accreditations like could I really do this work that I really want to do and she's like the women that you're going to be helping like it doesn't matter like how far along you are as long as you're like one or two steps ahead or where they are right now you're always going to be helping someone who is not as far along as you are so I feel like it is really empowering for me right now to be in the trenches and like like swimming through the dirt whilst also supporting others of course if I find myself not being able to resource and like looking look after myself of course I wouldn't take these calls because then I don't think that I would come from a very empowering place but I think it is super powerful because you kind of connect into a different level of yourself to be able to also be of service and be that space holder. Yeah, definitely. And giving them a deeper level of healing through this journey that you are going on, that activation that you're experiencing, you're activating them through that. Mm. It's way more powerful. It's like every time an issue comes up, you can share that, you can share the experience of it and you're giving them a much greater transformation than someone who claims that they've done it all and they're sitting in their like whitewashed office and everything's perfect. Do you know what I mean? Because you're there in the trenches feeling, experiencing it and you know what their pain is and what they're feeling like and the insecurities and the shame that's coming up that they're dealing with, the anger, the hurt, you know, all of these things that we need to broach, these yeah. things that we need to deal with, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so thank you for asking. That's a, <laughs> it was like a huge roundabout way of getting there, but like, it is really like, I feel, I right now feel also so alive. Like I feel so alive right now and it's painful, but I feel so alive. And this is another thing that I think is so empowering for us to recognize as well, that all of these ranges that we can hold, whether that is the pain and the grief and the sadness or towards the ecstasy and the pleasure and the, all of these, like, if you say lights and dark things, 
all of these elements are a sensation of feeling alive and like being connected to your own experience and actually coming from that place. I've never felt more creative. I never felt juicier. I've never felt more turned on and like, in fact, horny. Like it's a powerful space to be right now because there's just like so much aliveness and life force energy going through my body, even if it is pain. Yeah, absolutely. Because one of the biggest problems with people, us, people, us, (laughs) suppressing... (laughs) suppressing the emotions, suppressing the trauma, the, the, the issues is actually numbness. Mm. Numbness is the biggest challenge. So I, I think that if people feel numbness, that is your sign that you need to go deep. You need to go deep because numbness isn't, isn't right. And numbness, it transpires in chronic illnesses. And I always I keep saying this, chronic illnesses. You're gonna get a chronic illness if you don't set boundaries. <laughs> but it's true it's true you know one in three people die of cancer for god's sake like people end up getting sick because of suppressed emotions because it's like swallowing fur balls or you know in england there's this saying swallowing shit like you kind of say oh yeah these they just expect me to swallow shit all the time like and it literally means like and if you physically think about when somebody is nasty to you or rude to you and you don't stand up for yourself you don't say anything what do you do Hmm. swallow it you swallow it so then when what I found in life is like when I'm doing like a witch wound healing or an ancestral healing and it's like this kind of hypnotherapy thing and it's a bit powerful and crazy and there's lots of breathing I start coughing yeah really badly (laughs) coughing up the shit and and literally coughing up you know years and years of oppression and just swallowing the comments of other people or swallowing the experiences you know yeah and that's been it's interesting you're saying that also because uh the throat has been something i've been working on a lot over the course of last year because i've been feeling like i'm really kind of coming into that space of i'm I'm, I'm welcoming being visible, I'm welcoming showing up, I'm welcoming sharing my voice, but it's been a journey because I have been suppressing that part of myself as well, speaking up and also get, like taking on other people's projections of me. So this is also like part of my story from my twenties. I wasn't speaking up for myself. So I was expressive and I was exciting and I was sexual and I was fun, um, but I didn't actually voice my my innermost wishes and desires and, and um and wisdom really so i've i've been it's actually been like a lump in my throat that i didn't realize was there until i noticed it and i couldn't stop noticing it like it was there so i've been wow. doing a lot of work of opening up my throat and still like even sometimes now even to this day there are elements and days specific days that i feel like okay i need to do some more work because there is something that's lodging and it's so interesting how the energetics work with that and you know, we just really want to become aware. And I think this this whole journey is also about self-awareness. You mentioned self-awareness before, like becoming self-aware to allow yourself to be connected to yourself and to your life and to your personal journey. We don't have a lot of time here on this earth and that scares the shit out of me. And yeah. I want us to live, like let's live. Definitely. it's We don't have a lot of time here. And the, the older we get, the faster it goes as well. Yeah. Like literally, like time, life has just raced by. I think that's how I've managed to have my longest relationship ever from mm-hmm. 35 to now, because time just flashes really quickly. So there wasn't <laughs> time for me to mess it up. <laughs> it's just, it is insane. We have to make the most of our experience here and also step into the message and the gift 
gift that we were born to bring to this mm-hmm. earth. Because I truly believe that every single one of us has a message to share mm-hmm. and a gift to bring. Every single one of us. And it's just about finding the space and time to dig into that and bring it, bring it out, bring it, make it alive, you know? Well, this is perfect. This is a great introduction into the human design piece that you're working with as well. Can you talk to a little bit like how, let's say two, two questions in one. So I'm going to, you can choose to answer them however you want, but so you're working with clients obviously to find their unique messaging. So that's like one element, like how does that actually work? And then for someone who isn't working with someone like yourself, like a coach or anyone else, how can they start tapping into that wisdom and actually start exploring like what their unique message is? Wow. <laughs> it's a big one. It is a big one. So what, where I start with clients is within the first kind of 44 days of working together, I do this thing called um, becoming magnetic. So I do some really deep hypnotherapy work with them. Really deep, three hours deep, literally last week. And um, it's really transformative. We go back to the root of the issues that they're having. Maybe that issue is that they, they want to take their business bigger, but they just can't get past like, the five figure mark the six figure mark so they're they're blocked in some way so we go to the root of the issue clear that issue heal it do forgiveness do self-acceptance cut the cords all of these things that we do in hypnotherapy and then I take them on a little journey to the future and I absolutely love the future journey it's so inspiring and amazing I remember the first time I did it last year and I was just so overexcited with what I was getting from people I was um I did it with my friend Alex and I took her (laughs) I took her to the point where she was a grandma with like grandchildren and my coach said to me Lucy just be careful (laughs) Don't take people too far. You do not want to take them to their death, you know, literally. Mm. So anyway, I take them forward sort of like a few months, a few years, three years, five years, 10 years. And we see where they want to be. And we see what their purpose is, what they want to be working on. Like what, what really makes them tick? One of my clients is a wedding planner. Surprise, surprise. A lot of my clients still are from the wedding industry. So she was a wedding planner. And actually, she'd only just launched her wedding planning side because she was a caterer before. But in this visualization, in this future journey, she was on the stage doing a speech empowering women. So within two weeks of this this hypnotherapy session she launched a mentoring business and started mentoring people so it was like yes she's stepping into her purpose in terms of messaging it's unique to the individual but one of the kind of ways of checking out what your messaging is is to look at your mercury um oh what's it called your uh conscious mercury in your human design chart You look at the number and then you go to a website called, oh, I've got it here somewhere in my brain. Oh, I can't remember now. Jovian? Jovian? No, it's like you get your human design chart on the Jovian archive. The, I can't remember the name of the website where you, you check out what your conscious mercury means. Mm -hmm. My conscious mercury is the gate of listening. So I'm here to listen to people and then to guide them Mm. and it has to come from compassion and love and 
back in June last year, interestingly, I started working with a new coach. I was telling you recently, she's fab- fabulous, Daryl. She's really lovely. And it's all about quantum energetics and like um, the energy in your in your body. Mm. So she does this thing with me where she's, I have to select these symbols out of a fire and these symbols represent my quantum blueprint. The first symbol that I pull out is love. Mm. So all of these things connect. And then recently I've been working through a book, which is excellent by Mastin Kip called Claim Your Power. And it's a book about finding your purpose. So although I'm a like a purpose coach and find your purpose and I help other people do it, I still love the journey of doing these books and doing the healing that they require because I just, I just know that every time I go deeper that I'm giving more to my clients, you know? So recently I did that and it was, it was around the same time that I found out about the, the mercury, the conscious mercury and I did it. And I was like, oh my God, like it was a complete match. Like everything that was coming out in the human design for what my personal purpose is, was a complete match. I recently did my client who is, um, she creates designs that are based on Palestinian embroidery from Mm. centuries ago. So she's keeping alive the history of Palestine um, through these designs. Mm. And hers was something related exactly like to that. It was like related to keeping keeping the history of a culture alive. It was just like, this is just crazy. Yeah. Okay. I'm very curious to learn what mine is. So <laughs> if you can let me know that webpage, then I'll add it into the show notes as well. So that anyone oh, else who's curious can add it. I remember what it is now. It's okay. Gene Keys, the Gene Keys website. Keys. Okay. Gene Keys. Okay. Yeah. I'll add it into your show notes and I will also check mine out because that sounds really exciting. Yeah, yeah. So it's your it's your conscious mercury, which is the black one. Yeah. Okay. So. I have no idea what I'm looking for, but I'll find it for sure. And I'll I'll, I'll give you a nudge to help me if I can't, but I'm sure I'll find it. Well, it's um, really the alchemy symbol of the of mercury. It's really funny. It looks like the devil. Oh yeah, it does actually. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, the little, little horns and the like a stick person. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it was because we were watching Harry Potter the other day and um it, they he had the father of Luna had this alchemy symbol and I'm like that's the alchemy symbol and I was checking it out and looking at all of the the alchemy symbols mm. as they are and I was like oh yeah this was the mercury rising one yeah very cool yeah. <laughs> I love that oh amazing well I feel like we've covered a lot of the things that I actually thought that we well I didn't really know what was coming but I wanted to ask you about your journey and your biggest lessons and hardships and your healing path and all of these things so I feel like we've really covered a lot of beautiful really deep raw vulnerable things in this conversation is there anything that you would like to bring into this conversation for your community for my community anything yeah. I want to know more about the healing modalities that you use in your coaching to help your women, because I want to share this podcast to my listeners as well. And I'm really fascinated about your journey. And I love following you on social media and seeing the way that you're so connected to your sensuality and it's and your femininity, you know, which so many of us deny. Yeah. We live within our masculine and we deny our feminine and there's so much shame associated with tapping in and we're triggered by people who are showing their bodies and it's I just don't believe that's the right way to be I love the way that you are and I believe it's the right way to be you know thank you thank you so much it's definitely taken like for me to show up in the way that I'm showing up it's taken a little bit of um, I'm gonna say a little bit of courage because I feel like it's always been um, very natural to me to show up in this way we talked about my 20s I was very expressive so it's always kind of been a part of my daily um 
expression anyways but what really also happened was taking it back to the relationship it was being tried to be suppressed as a way of like this is not the right way to behave like what are you doing it for like you're getting all this attention from other men and like are you doing it for them I'm like no I'm doing it for me but it was like really not recognized as that way and now I'm very grateful to be in a partnership where you know that was like one of the biggest attractions like how connected and expressive I was so it's always been like since that point on I've just been very safe also within my personal relationships to be in that way and to be expressive in that way um and I do find that the way I show up it, it literally genuinely it comes from my core it doesn't come um from a place of wanting the attention it doesn't come from a place of wanting to prove something it doesn't come from a place of just showing off it doesn't come from any of these places which is so beautiful because it really comes from a place of deep devotion to myself because this is where I feel like like I feel like my magic lies within that expression like since because I've been modeling I've been modeling since my I, I was like 24 maybe and it's always felt like when I show up as a model and when I show up in the world, it really is a, an art form. So this is the, my way of sharing art. So that's if we talk about the imagery and like the way I show up in sensuality. But then if I then take it to the next level of where I am right now with actually expressing sensuality, with supporting and empowering women to express their sensuality, it really comes from that space that you mentioned, like having not wanting to look at that connection of sensuality and femininity to myself as a woman so I've always felt like a very feminine woman and well and when I was like 14 I had a bit of a tomboy state <laughs> but other than that I've been very girly very feminine like wanting to try all the makeup wanting to try all the different clothes wanting to try all the different hair colors like it's been very kind of feminine expressed and driven for all of this time um but there was a time again in my late 20s when I was really completely out of footing um, that I was then really finding myself in a very masculine driven environment with work and also living in London. It was very fast paced. It was finances. It was really kind of all money driven. It was like really not at all my vibe, but I really wanted to succeed. That, that was a point when I really wanted to prove myself. So I really went into that masculine force and it just wasn't working out for me. Like I... I did not feel very good at all. I wasn't producing very good work. I had a great time with all of my clients and my colleagues with the social side and the um, the connection. And I was like fostering all of these relationships. When it comes came to the actual finances, no. <laughs> I was not a very good employee in that way. But I was a really good employee to like gather the troops and like get all of these connections and bring on clients. But then when it came to the actual finances, no, it didn't really work out, well, which is fine. But I did that for five years. And wow. once I left that, I just like was a, like that was the last time I had like a normal job that I was working for someone else. And then I'd left that and I've been freelancing ever since, um, which has been the biggest liberation for myself. But that's really when I then started freelancing is a space as well that I gave myself the um, opportunity to be a woman and to flow and to have days off when I needed to have a days off to play and to have fun and to also work really hard when I was working and it was really great but I did have also a moment where I went too much into my feminine energy if we're talking about the energetics of it all where I was like really un uncoordinated didn't have any strategy like nothing you know stuck and I was like chasing the next idea so I've done it all like I've had the super masculine I've also had the super feminine now I'm somewhere where I'm balanced and I can really 
um, I can call upon the energy that I need. So when I'm doing strategy days or like finance, it's like I'm doing now, I'm doing my taxes for last year. I'm like allowing myself to be in my masculine dedicated energy. But then in all the other parts of my work, I'm allowing myself to be in my feminine, to really be ah, just connected and in tune and as expressive and just breathing. I feel like when I'm in my masculine, especially when I'm in my toxic side, I don't breathe. Yeah, completely. So breathing. Completely. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, I mean, that's the beauty of doing the work that you do, that I do, is that when we're coaching, when we're with the women, we we drop into ourselves. We get to drop in because we're we're guiding them. And I love that. I feel that that's such a gift within itself. Like the service that we're offering allows us to step into our feminine when we need to. But yeah is so right that balance of the feminine masculine to actually get the success going in your business is essential yeah it really is it really is and and i'm i'm very much like a pleasure-based woman so i like everything to be pleasurable so even if i'm doing my taxes now that's very male but i'm i'm loving it i think it's great i'm very grateful to be able to do this i'm very grateful to to do all to, to like to pay my bills and you know it doesn't always feel so amazing to pay bills but it actually feels really nice because i have the capacity to do so and I feel like just allowing myself to enjoy that pleasure and really seeing the bigger picture of it all it's also like such a huge it's made such a huge difference in my life and not like marking anything as bad or good but then to answer your question I feel like I, I took myself on a journey and I didn't really answer your question what I do within my containers and what I do with my women so a lot of the time it is a lot of a lot of time about embodiment so traditional coaching yes conversation style coaching like probing getting them to go to places that they didn't really know that they had inside of them like on journeys that they didn't really know that they were capable of um and then also it's very much around embodiment and expression so we do a lot of little breath work i love breath work well we love do a lot of breath work yeah. touch that's if i were to pick one of them as my top 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 it's touch so within our hands we have a lot of healing power and just like utilizing this the the hands across your body whether that would be just like pressing towards your heart you'll see me do this a lot you've probably seen it in conversation as well but like just pressing your hand into your heart can feel very grounding and very healing in itself and another modality of touch is essential touch so just like stroking your breasts and down your belly and allowing your hands to flow across your body it is so deeply mm, Ah, it's such a pleasurable way of grounding and such a, like an instant fix almost as well. Yeah. If you feel like you're floating off, you just like ground yourself with touch. So we do a lot of um, guided touch. We do a lot of guided breaths. We do a lot of meditation, visualization practices. We do a lot of um, dancing and movement and just like allowing your body to free flow. And it is incredible like how much, um, well trauma and pain and unhealed versions of ourselves that we're holding onto within our system within our hips especially so just allowing yourself to move through it all it just like really releases things and I don't know how many times you know we see tears in these sessions um, with the women who are doing them it is really powerful a lot of time after for me it's actually so for me um I I host the session. It's really powerful. So I'm hosting all these sessions. It's really, I'm very present and it's really transmission based almost. Like I don't really fully know what's going on in the session myself. Like I'm kind of just in it, right? And afterwards, there's also a lot of healing that comes from me afterwards. Like it had had nothing to do with me, what happened. But then afterwards, I find myself actually going through that motion of of release as well, um, which is 
a really beautiful place to be and I wouldn't really have it any other way yeah that's amazing I love it sounds and I so feel good like, yeah and I feel like that's also like the element of surrender and femininity that I have allowed myself to come into because it could be so easy to be like well as a coach you do the coaching session then you close the book and you 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 don't bring it with you don't you don't do anything with it that's just it whereas for me I kind of logically try to do it that way but that doesn't work for me like I need the release afterwards so it can take me an hour or 20 minutes or five minutes even but I need like that um, embodiment as well for my clients but I do it on my own you know yeah absolutely it's um it's it's a funny thing I think it takes a while to be able to get into embodying it and embracing it in a way that is beneficial to yourself within that moment um I find it harder in the group setting to be connected to me because I feel like I have to guide them whereas on one-to-one I'm much more like just you know to download just do what we need to do so that's why I've started doing in my group that embodiment practice so that I can really get used to doing it in a group setting and start to flow into it a lot more you know like as a I mean it's free for them (laughs) so (laughs) they can't complain (laughs) with my shouting in the mic no no it's beautiful so for anyone this is just like a little plug for anyone who would like to experience some embodiment with lucy she does them every week right yeah i've started to do i actually the reason i started doing it again was that i relaunched my group so what what i did throughout january yes curls aren't working today oh your your curls are looking great (laughs) because i've been cutting my own hair it's all the same length i literally (laughs) just cut it um so in January, I relaunched the group and as part of a celebration of that, I was doing an hour and a half with the girls planning sessions and embodiment sessions on a Wednesday morning. But now as a staple, I'm going to put in 30 to 45 minutes of embodiment and visualization. It's, it's not going to be any strategy. It's just going to be about raising the energy, the energetic vibration, because I find I get a bit of a dip on a Wednesday. I right. start getting tired. So I'm like, right, I need it you need it let's do it and so we do our dancing together we'll do a little visualization we'll share the love and then we'll go off and be productive more productive than we would have been if we hadn't done it Hmm, I love that it's such a beautiful offering and gift so for anyone listening who would like to take part in that Lucy's offering that every single Wednesday morning I'll I'll include her details in the show notes so you can find it easily because it is a really beautiful practice that she's offering and as you mentioned free of charge so (laughs) so join in and take part of juicy Lucy's (laughs) Yeah, strangely <laughs> enough, that was my uh, my teenager nickname. <laughs> Is it really Juicy Lucy? Oh, I love that. Oh, oh, Juicy. they it, no, it plagued me. It plagued oh. me. Oh, I really? used, yeah, they. I used to hang around with skaters and graffiti artists as a teenager. I grew up in a, quite a rough town near London, <laughs> and one of the boys did a whole big graffiti piece saying. Um, Lucy with the big fat juicies. <laughs> oh no. And the the um, social worker said, you have to paint over that. You can't leave it there. I was like 16 at the time. So yeah, juicy Lucy. <laughs> juicy is a word that's come, come, in, come back into my vocabulary actually. I've been using it a lot recently. So delicious and juicy. And I've even been using the word juju. And my friend was asking, what do you mean when you say juju? I'm like, just that energetic feeling of juju you know and I, and I don't really know how to like I don't actually know what the definition is of juju but I'm like mm, that you know and I do this so it's like coming out of your chest 
I think it's like the your inner power, like your like. Have you ever heard of the Spanish word? Because I live in Spain, might as well talk about a bit of Spanish stuff. Um, <laughs> you heard of the word duende? No. Duende is the. It's like the soul power that when a woman dances flamenco or a man dances flamenco, that they tap into. It's mm. it's like that moment of bliss that you have during embodiment dancing or meditation you know when you're just like if you were to just let yourself be still you just be rocking in the energy that's running through your body right and it feels like pure bliss right so that's what duende is it's like when your soul takes hold and I love the fact that it's a traditional kind of Spanish thing but obviously with the whole culture of, of flamenco it comes from the um, gypsy population and people who are more connected to themselves and less connected to the materialism, the societal beliefs, because they live an alternative lifestyle. They live mm. a more grounded, a more authentic lifestyle. Mm. And I love the fact that you still have these communities of, of gypsies and a lot of the people that do flamenco are from gypsy families. And I love the fact that that authenticity keeps them real. Mm. Whereas when we're so concerned about what car we're going to drive, what job we're going to get, what university we're going to go to, we forget that. But for them, it's all about the dance and the singing. And they sing when they sing. It is from the soul. So, yeah, it's one of the things I love so much about Spain. Yeah, wow, I love that. Duende. I'm gonna Duende. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna embody duende even more because I feel like that really is it's a key to pleasure and happiness in life. Absolutely. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah. That's a great word to know. Yeah, yeah. It's a great word, isn't it? Duende. Yeah. <laughs> That's great too. Duende. Oh, I love that. Mm. Mm. You feel it as a, as part of the audience, you feel it. I don't know if you've seen um Breakfast at Tiffany's. It was the first film that I, it was the first time I saw flamenco. There's a, there's a scene in it with flamenco and you feel it in that, watching that film, you feel duende because it's just like the shoes, like mm -hmm. it's so powerful. It's so much power, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like true expression of your inner power. Mm. Love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think us listening to this, maybe we have some runners here and I wonder if maybe a runner's high could be like a similar thing where your body is just moving and it's completely effortless and you feel deeply connected and just like present but still not like more in a spiritual realm in some ways oh, yeah. I'm a runner so runner's high comes to me through other exercise but <laughs> not through running but yeah I wonder if that's like a similar thing you know just like that I'm sure it is. I used to be a runner I used in London, but I can't anymore. I can barely run. I can barely walk some days. I've got such bad hips. You were saying about the hips. Mm. And when I'm working on my hips, I'm having to work on them a lot. I'm like, there is so much emotion in these hips, you know, that yeah. needs to be worked out. Yeah. yeah. It's where we hold a lot of our emotion, isn't it? So yeah. yeah, we hold a lot of emotion in our hips, a lot of unprocessed and unhealed um, experiences and trauma yeah. in our hips. Yeah. Beautiful. Let's work on that. 
Yeah, exactly. More <laughs> embodiment dancing, letting it out. Mm, allowing your hips to move. You may have seen like on my Instagram, I share reels every once in a while. And one of my, uh, one, like maybe two weeks ago or so, um, I shared one, tiny little one. Just uh, These are just for inspiration and invitation for people. But it's interesting because a lot of the time I find uh, people come to me and they're like, oh, they, they expect a lot of the things that we do within embodiment has to be fierce and ferocious and fast and crazy and powerful and it doesn't have to be it can be the most minimalistic expressions like the most gentle breath and the softest voice and the gentlest movement in your hips that can really stir up so many things because it almost gives you that you're in motion you're in movement and you're connecting but there's so much room for all this other stuff to surface yeah is more connected, right? Because of the, the silence of it almost, the peace yeah, of it. Yeah. You can feel you can feel the 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 liquids, the fluids of the body moving around, like within the the bones and the joints, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you are able to tap into like a specific event or feeling or experience then maybe you can also visualize it like as it's like moving through your hips as a bit of a wave, you know, that just like bringing the visualization element into that as well. It can be so cathartic. Yeah, I'm going to try that tomorrow morning. Yes, definitely. Please do. <laughs> mm, amazing. amazing. Did we say that at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I've loved this so much. I feel I actually forgot that we were recording. I feel... <laughs> I feel like we could keep talking for days on end. There's so much to say, so many questions to bring in, so much more to know about both of us, I'm sure. Um, but I think for now, maybe we can conclude here and then- Yeah, we can have another chat another, another day. Yeah, that would be beautiful. I would really, really love that. So Lucy, thank you so much for showing up so, so powerfully and so vulnerably and in all of your might, it is incredibly inspiring to be in your space. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me here. And I love what you have created so much. I'm so passionate watching you and admiring everything that you do. You're just wonderful. You really are. And I admire so much the connectedness with your sensuality. It really is something that I feel within myself I need to develop and transform, you know? Mm-hmm. How exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Another so, growth edge. <laughs> another edge. Yes, it is beautiful. And even, you know, you're witnessing me in this way that you're perceiving me, but I also feel it for myself. There's so much more growth and so much more expression, so much more like that I'm tapping into. And this is just yeah. what makes it so divine because there's always more if you want there to be more. Yeah, of course. This is just the beginning of the journey. Amazing. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, my darling. And we will speak to you very, very soon. I hope you've enjoyed this divine conversation of growth and expansion. If you'd like to apply to have your story featured on Empowered Women Rise podcast, or you'd like to book an expansion call with me to discuss how I can help you transform your life and business, then go to the link in my Instagram profile. You can find me on Instagram at i.am.lucybennett. If you would like to talk to Charlotta and work with her, then you can find her at Instagram at Charlotta Barber. Looking forward to seeing you all again back next week for the Empowered Women Rise podcast.